RTHK, the news at 11 o'clock with Andrew Shirosky. Tonight's headlines, Financial Secretary Paul Chan delivered his first post-pandemic budget this morning, including a further round of consumption vouchers. Mr. Chan also teased the launch of a new campaign to stimulate local consumption through carnivals and fairs. And top diplomat Wang Yi has met in Moscow with Russian President Vladimir Putin and Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov. The financial secretary, Paul Chan, has delivered his first post-pandemic budget, describing it as having a moderately liberal fiscal stance. He announced a further round of consumption vouchers, this time totaling $5,000. Speaking through an interpreter, he said they would be issued in two tranches. Having regard to the current economic situation, people's livelihood and the government's financial position, I will issue electronic consumption vouchers again this year with a total value of $5,000 to each eligible Hong Kong permanent resident and new arrival aged 18 or above in two installments. To facilitate early disbursement of consumption vouchers, the government will first disburse consumption vouchers valued at $3,000 in April this year using the registration data of last year's scheme. Welfare groups have expressed disappointment with the relief measures announced in the budget, saying consumption vouchers won't help them. The Society for Community Organization wasn't satisfied with Paul Chen's blueprint, saying it included just minimal subsidies for the underprivileged. The group's deputy director, Si Lai Shan, says relief measures should target those families most in need. The 5000 is general for everyone. Even if you're rich, you can get a 5000 I don't think it's a target poverty rate. For the underprivileged, they prefer the cash delivery rather than voucher because it will, it's limited their uh, how to use it. And some of the important items, for example, the rents they want to pay and they cannot afford. Paul Chan has also announced millions will be injected into attracting tourists and boosting Hong Kong's image by staging and supporting mega events and holding conventions and exhibitions. Through an interpreter, he said the government would soon launch its Happy Hong Kong campaign to stimulate local consumption by staging carnivals and fairs. We will soon launch the Happy Hong Kong campaign for the general public, providing them opportunities to share happy and enjoyable moments together, thereby bringing more joy to the community. The campaign will focus on activities related to gourmet experiences, fun amusements and exciting ambience, apart from providing members of the public with more diverse choices of fun and interesting activities in Hong Kong. It will also help stimulate local consumption and boost our economy. Russian President Vladimir Putin has told top diplomat Wang Yi that cooperation between Beijing and Moscow is vital in stabilizing the international situation. Their meeting comes after Mr. Wang earlier met Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov and told him that he expects new agreements to be struck during his visit to Moscow. Aaron Tam reports. Wang Yi told Vladimir Putin during talks in the Kremlin that relations between Beijing and Moscow could not be influenced by other countries. Mr. Putin, for his part, said he was looking forward to a visit to Moscow by President Xi Jinping and to deepening the partnership between the two countries. The Russian president also stressed that the cooperation between the two countries was vital. The cooperation on the international arena between the People's Republic of China and the Russian Federation, as we stressed more than once, has a very big significance for the stabilization of the international situation. 
Before the meeting, Wang Yi told Russia's foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, he would work to strengthen and deepen relations between Beijing and Moscow, but provided no specific details on what agreements could be reached. Earlier, the foreign ministry, said Mr. Wang, met Nikolai Petrushev, secretary of Russia's Security Council. The two sides exchanged views on the Ukraine situation, its statement said, adding they expressed willingness to jointly practice what they called true multilateralism. And now for the weather. Mainly fine, cool tomorrow morning with a minimum temperature of around 16 degrees in town and a couple degrees lower in the new territories. Maximum temperature will be about 22 degrees during the day. Moderate easterly winds fresh at first. The outlook mainly fine on Friday, warm and hazy during the day. It'll be windy over the weekend and early next week, rather cool in the mornings. Current temperature is 17 degrees Celsius. Relative humidity, 75%. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes Past 11. At least two people have been killed and more than 50 are trapped underground after a coal mine collapsed in northern China. President Xi Jinping has ordered a search and rescue mission to the mine in Inner Mongolia. More than 200 rescue workers have been dispatched to the scene. And back to our top story of the day. Paul Chan forecast a budget deficit for this financial year of just under $140 billion, which would be the second biggest ever recorded. It would leave Hong Kong's fiscal reserves at just over $817 billion by the end of March, enough to cover spending for just over a year. But as Mike Weeks reports, the financial secretary outlines plans to return government finances to the black in the next five years. In his budget speech, Mr. Chan acknowledged that the government must seek ways to increase revenue in the short term. To this end, he announced the Hong Kong Jockey Club will pay a $12 billion levy on its football gambling earnings over the next five years. The FS said the progressive rating system brought in last year should also increase government income by about $760 million annually. Earnings and profits tax are tipped to rise over 6% next year as the economy improves, while stamp duty is expected to jump by more than a quarter as more flats come onto the market. With the end of the COVID pandemic, Mr Chan said non-recurrent expenditure will be cut by about 50% in the coming year, trimming total government spending by 6%. He forecast a deficit of $54.4 billion for the 2023-24 financial year. Further ahead, the financial secretary is expecting an extra $15 billion a year from 2025 onwards when Hong Kong implements the OECD proposed global minimum effective tax rate of 15% on large multinational enterprises. He also spoke about raising more money through international markets to help pay for the massive development and infrastructure projects that are now in the pipeline. The government's outstanding debts remain at a very low level compared to other economies, currently accounting for only 4% of GDP. Mr Chan proposed raising this by expanding the scope of its green bond programme and setting up an infrastructure bond scheme. He said Hong Kong should make good use of the room for bond issuance to support and expedite economic development while creating capacity and investing for the future. But the government will still strive to keep its debt-to-GDP ratio at a relatively low level, below 10% by 2027 
28, the FS said, when it again expects Hong Kong to return to a fiscal surplus. Mr Chen said the Hong Kong Jockey Club has to decide for itself how to pay a new football betting duty of $2.4 billion over the next five years, whether by making use of reserves or cutting costs. The club is not happy about the levy, saying it will hit its ability to contribute to the community while benefiting illegal and offshore betting operators. In response, Mr. Chan said the government has to increase its revenues. He says he believes the club can manage the levy. At the end of the day, football betting is not just something unique to Hong Kong. People can do it online. People can do it through the casinos, say, for example, uh, in the neighboring cities. So this area, the competitive environment is fast changing. We would prefer to impose a fixed lump sum for a couple of years to allow us the opportunity to look at this more closely to decide on the next step. The finance chief says he expects Hong Kong's economy to see a visible rebound this year with growth between 3.5 and 5.5 percent. But Simon Lee, a senior lecturer at the Chinese University's business school, said that forecast is too optimistic. Faced with a worse-than-expected fiscal deficit, Mr. Lee says the government should strive for balanced sources of revenue. I think my estimate is ranging between 3 to 4 percent because you see that the GDP strength by 3.5% in 2022 because the base is uh, a little bit lower so we bank off 3 to 4%. It's quite possible. 5% no, or beyond 5%, I think it depends uh, on the economic performance in uh, overseas countries and also the economic performance in mainland China, which is out of our control. The financial secretary has also said government reserves will remain strong even though the fiscal deficit is to be worse than expected. So what do you think about his comment? Now the reserve uh, is still slightly above Charles Mun's government expense. It's not as high as the level before the pandemic. It's still on the positive side. But I would rather cast out on the long-term revenue sources. My meaning is that our collections from stamp duty and from the land sales dropped quite significantly as reported by the financial secretary. So quite substantial amount of our revenue relied on uh, stamp duty and the land sales. So government should formulate uh, some medium term and long term solution to the revenue sources and this has not been done for so many years. China must resolve issues in key technological fields. That's the message President Xi Jinping has impressed upon the Communist Party Politburo as the country deals with increasing external controls on advanced technology. Natalie Ching reports. President Xi delivered the message during a study session of the party's decision-making body. He said the nation needs to strengthen basic research in science and technology to achieve self-reliance and become a global tech power. Mr. Xi's statement comes as China faces growing headwinds in its years-long effort to close the gap with the United States and its allies in advanced semiconductor technology. In January, it was reported that Japan and the Netherlands had agreed to comply with export restrictions against the mainland's chip sector that the U.S. government had announced last October. Initial U.S. sanctions took aim at mainland purchases of advanced artificial intelligence computing chips and equipment that chip factories could use to produce computer chips. The president also said it was necessary to grow the nation's pool of top-notch high-tech talent. This echoes a speech in 2021 when Mr. Xi said that by 2035, China should rank among the leading countries in the world in terms of its technological strength and army of high-quality talent.
In overseas news, North Korean state media has said that accepting food aid is like eating poisoned candy. Candy. In an editorial, the Rodong Sinmon newspaper said outside help was a trap used to subjugate North Koreans. A South Korean news outlet said people were beginning to die of starvation. The BBC's Jean McKenzie reports from Seoul. For years, North Korea has suffered from food shortages, due in part to its extreme isolation, brought on by its development of nuclear weapons. Then at the start of the pandemic, it sealed its border with China, cutting off virtually all of its trade and forcing aid workers to leave the country. South Korea's government said yesterday that it appeared more people were now dying from starvation. The UN has offered to provide food, but North Korea has not accepted. Shamima Begum, a woman who left London as a schoolgirl to join the Islamic State group in Syria, has lost an appeal against the British government's decision to remove her citizenship. A lawyer acting for the government had argued the British security services still thought Ms. Begum to be a national security risk. The BBC's Paul Moss reports. She made a mistake, she says, one she will always regret. But Shamima Begum's pleas don't seem to have swayed the Special Immigration Appeals Commission and its judge, Robert Jay. He accepted there was evidence that Shamima Begum had been trafficked to Syria and for sexual purposes. He also said there was a breach of duty by UK state bodies in allowing a 15-year-old to fly to Turkey and cross into Syria. However, he ruled that the British Home Secretary had no obligation to help her return and was within his right to take away her citizenship. French government officials say a high school teacher has been stabbed to death by a pupil in the southwest of the country. The 16-year-old suspect has been arrested. Local media reports allege he told officers he was possessed and heard voices which told him to attack the 50-year-old woman in the middle of a lesson at the private Roman Catholic school in Saint-Jean-de-Luz. A government spokesperson, Olivier Veron, said support would be given to the teachers and the local community. Obviously, I can't comment on any aspect of the judicial inquiry that's just started. I simply want to tell you all that we're supporting the educational community as a whole, including teachers, school directors, the parents of the students and the students themselves. I can hardly imagine the trauma that this must represent locally and more generally on a national scale. The French education minister said his thoughts were with the victim's family, her colleagues and her pupils. And a reminder of our top stories tonight. Financial Secretary Paul Chan delivered his first post-pandemic budget this morning, including another round of consumption vouchers. Mr. Chan also teased the launch of a new campaign to stimulate local consumption through carnivals and fairs. And top diplomat Wang Yi has met in Moscow with President Vladimir Putin and Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov. That's the news from RTHK. Radio Free Heavenly shades of night are falling It's twilight time Out of the mist your voice is calling Tis twilight time When purple colored curtains mark the end of day I'll hear you, my dear, at twilight time here in Hong Kong, our Wednesday is just about done. Just over an hour and a bit, well, about 45 minutes, actually, to another new day. If you'd like a song tonight, it's Radio Pete at Gmail as we play you 45 minutes of music from a bygone era. 
couple of up-tempo tracks, beginning with one for Michael, a song from Frank Sinatra. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away If you can use some exotic booze There's a bar in far Bombay Come on and fly with me Let's fly, let's fly away Come fly with me, let's float down to Peru In Lama Land there's a one-man band And he'll toot his flute for you Come on, fly with me, let's take off in the blue Once I get you up there Where the air is rarefied We'll just glide starry-eyed Once I get you up there I'll be holding you so near You may hear all the angels cheer Because we're together Weather-wise, it's such a lovely day Just say the words and we'll beat the birds Down to Acapulco Bay It is perfect for a flying honeymoon They say, come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. Once I get you up there Where the air is rarefied We'll just glide Starry-eyed Once I get you up there I'll be holding you so very near You might even hear A whole gang of cheers Just because we're together Weather-wise, it's such a cuckoo day You just say those words and we'll take our birds down to Acapulco Bay It's so perfect for a flying honeymoon Oh, babe, come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly Don't tell your mama. 